You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. I'm Ellen Fanning and I'm speaking today to Daniel Watson. Daniel is the Manager, Partnerships and Asset Systems at Coliban Water and also Elizabeth Christian, the Asset Performance Manager at Lend Leased Services. And they're speaking about a paper they've prepared, Maintenance Strategy Optimization: a Collaborative Approach to Continuously Improve Coliban Water's Maintenance Regime. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks, Ellen. Maybe, Elizabeth, if you wanted to start, just outline for me the roles that um, Lendlease and Coliban play in this preventative maintenance um, program. How do you both uh, work together to deliver that program? Sure. Thanks, Alan. So Lendlease was appointed as Coliban Water's operations and maintenance contractor, um, which kicked off from July 2013. Um, from the outset of the contract, um, the intention was to have a very collaborative approach to maintenance service delivery, and it's certainly been that way right from the outset. Um, initially, the contract was designed for Colburn Water to um, provide maintenance scope and tasks to Lendlease, and that has um, worked successfully over the course of the contract. Um, however, over the over the period that we've been on the journey together, we've certainly um, learnt a lot. Um, learn a lot about the assets. We've learned a lot about where the risks sit across the asset base. And we've learned also how to better incorporate feedback from the field regarding what maintenance has been effective and perhaps what could be improved. I was interested to read in the paper, Daniel, that um, there was no problem with um, the delivery of frontline works. In fact, the collaboration had been working really well. But it seemed like there was almost an aha moment when um, you all looked around and saw that there were two key staff members who were critical to this successful development of maintenance and started scratching your head thinking, what happens if those people leave? Yeah, so we've been working through a process of weight, which is really centering around sort of a risk-based approach to, to everything we do in asset management. I guess really the catalyst of that was sort of uh, pushed upon us through the asset management accountability framework, which is uh, uh, happening in, in Victoria over the last few years. And then from that, we we made the decision that we want to make sure they're all aligned with um, ISO 65000, which is the asset management standard. So. Yeah, I guess if you had to sum up those two, um, that framework and standard in, in, in one sentence, it would be that you take a risk-based approach to everything you do in asset management. Then we kind of sat back and had a think about how we were delivering our um, uh, preventative maintenance program and we kind of thought, yeah, it's working, it's working well, but are we really, um, can we hand on heart say that we're taking a risk-based approach to this? And uh, one of the key risks of it is that, uh, yeah, as you said, it, the, um, a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the history is sitting with only two people. So on one hand, we've been really lucky that those two, two uh, maintenance planners have been involved since the outset of the, uh, the partnership between Cold Water and Lenglace. But at the other hand, there's a, there's a big risk there if uh, one or both of them were to move on or to change roles or to do something else. It would be a, a pretty steep learning curve to, uh, to, to, to pick that up. Elizabeth, there were a couple of other issues, you know, in that hand-on-heart kind of moment that you list as a lack of diversity in approach, 
um, the plan being designed to fit within a predetermined budget without sort of measuring in any way the effectiveness of that, whether things were over-maintained or under-maintained, and probably a reliance on a bit of a gut-feel approach. Now, why, why were those issues and characteristics that were considered um, worthy of review? We felt that the contract had progressed to a point um, where we could move beyond that that sort of gut feel approach and we were in a position after when we embarked on this five or six years of, of being into the contract and collecting a very um, significant amount of data around asset performance um, in, in the nature of the way our contract works. It's designed to um, collect and, and um um, ha- harvest a lot of data straight from the field. So we're in a really ideal position to, I guess, step up the, the level of maturity of, of that um, allocation of maintenance where it could be informed by the data that we have and, and get a little bit more structure around it also. Um, I think also that we all felt uh, there was asset risk that existed out there and there was potentially um, misalignment in the way that we felt across the two organisations um, that risk was being managed. And so another key driver was that we, we felt this provided an opportunity for us to, to kick off the process with a detailed risk assessment across Colville Water's key sites and then look at how maintenance might play a role in managing that risk. It's important to note at that point also that maintenance is really only one strategy of a whole host of available strategies in managing risk. Um, so, yeah, I guess we, we sort of felt that we we're at a point where we could take the big step towards, um, I guess, that gut feel approach of maintenance allocation to something a little bit more informed um, and structured around um, managing colloidal mortars risk. And the process that you looked at um, was this um, MSO process, maintenance strategy optimization, leveraging the sort of data that was available in a way that you describe in the paper as being readily implemented by the local team. Skip ahead for me and talk about the ways in which um, limiting the range of maintenance decisions and kind of prescribing a range of maintenance decisions is really useful um, in prioritising what needs to be done and identifying what needs to be done. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we felt that over the course of how many years of working through uh, maintenance planning, um, speaking, I guess, on behalf of Colville Water here, there had been a variety of consultants, um, equipment suppliers and so forth that had had input to maintenance planning and providing guidance to Colville Water. Um, the team, one of the key objectives of, of um, designing the MSO approach was that it needed to be standardised and it needed to be able to be implemented by the local team and understood by everyone from those people implementing the work out in the field through to senior management. So it needed to really, I think standardisation was a really um, um, key requirement of the, of the process that we designed. And the way we achieved that was by working with um, an industry, um, renowned industry expert in maintenance planning from GHD, who designed us almost like a decision tree um, with standard outcomes depending on the level of risk that um, we felt the asset 
um, was inherent in that particular asset. And, you know, obviously that was based on a detailed um, risk assessment using Coldwell Mortar's risk framework, um, taking into account the operating context of the asset, the consequence of failure um, and the likelihood of failure given given its operational context, its redundancy and a whole, a whole host of um, information that fed into the process. And then following it through the decision tree, uh, you could arrive at predetermined um, maintenance outcomes, anything through to um, a very detailed um, RCM analysis approach through to no scheduled maintenance where the risk, I guess, was was pretty low. And Daniel, this goes back to this notion that um, you sort of had a one-size-fits-all budget and that you sort of didn't know whether you're over or under maintaining your assets. And you write in the paper that you've been able, by using this process, um, to redirect preventative maintenance from low-risk assets to higher-risk assets. Actually, how did that happen? Yeah, well, I think one of the first things that became apparent to us was how we were sort of defining risk. So traditionally in our um, sort of maintenance planning, there'd been just a, a relatively narrow focus on sort of level of service risk, you know, reliability risk, making sure that that asset keep, keeps operating. Um, what we realised was that there was a little bit more broadly than that. So um, we made it specific to Coleman Water's current risk framework, which includes not only sort of level of service, sort of reliability risk, but, you know, health and safety, the environment, uh, our... Uh, regulatory risk and our reputation risk. So, um, I guess one of the examples we took, uh, one of the things that we noticed that, that uh, we learned through the process was that you know, there might be an asset that uh, might fail or because of uh, inadequate maintenance um, and it might have a relatively low impact on, on services, but it might be the wrong wrong asset at the wrong time at the wrong place and it might uh, sort of have reputational consequences. Interestingly, the paper notes that um, preventative maintenance has been redirected from low-risk assets to high-risk assets with 77 new maintenance activities applied to assets with a risk score of medium or above and 36 maintenance tasks removed for low-risk assets. So is what you're describing literally the same um, budget but getting more bang for your buck? And secondly, how do you know that you're not building in um, by letting things rise up that, that risk table um, so, that, so that you repair things and maintain things uh, in crisis mode rather than in preventative mode? Definitely the best way to build any budget where possible is from the ground up. Um, the original budget that... Uh, we had for our preventative maintenance program was sort of developed about seven years ago. Um, over that time, you know, we, we, we had different assets uh, of aged, their condition is different. different. So uh, the budget that we had seven years ago isn't necessarily the right budget for today. So what what's been good about this process is is gone through the, the MSA process, we've scoped up what maintenance we actually need and then we add that up at the end of the day and then we're putting that forward as our budget moving forward. 
that's also important too to give confidence to the the stakeholders, uh, the key stakeholders of this work, saying sort of the operators and the um, sort of operation en engineers within Colvin Water, so that they can uh, have, have have a full understanding that we're looking after. I guess, I guess in a way we're making sure that we're maintaining those assets that are likely to you know, keep those operators up at night and uh, not worrying about the assets that won't. And I guess that, that leads into also that, as Liz touched on, not doing um, uh, sort of feel-good maintenance. Um, not only a waste of, of, of money maintaining assets that don't really need it and have no real consequence of failure, um, but also maintenance can lead, uh, sort of intrusive maintenance can lead two failures. That's very interesting. And Elizabeth, could you round it out for us? Um, how do you assess the effectiveness of this kind of maintenance plan? How do you measure it? We've proposed a number of uh, measures to track the effectiveness of the program. I think uh, firstly, uh, one of the things that we didn't quite anticipate when we first um, embarked on this journey was that we would have such a detailed um, shared understanding at the end of it of where the risk lies and that maintenance is, is one as I said earlier is is only one strategy of, of other asset management strategies to manage that risk so it's I think um, we're now in a in a really great position across our respective businesses that we we understand the things that that can result in reduced security of supply or um impacts to the community and we're actively managing those risks through not only maintenance but other measures such as carrying critical spares or having really robust um, operational contingency plans um, and other various controls. So that's been that's been a significant outcome for sure. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much um, for that description. That sounds like an amazing collaboration and an evolution of what was always a very effective preventative maintenance regime. I've been speaking to Elizabeth Christian, who is the Asset Performance Manager for Lendley Services, and with Daniel Watson, the Manager Partnerships and Asset Systems at Colliban Water. Thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Alan. Good to chat.